In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's July 9th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 116 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are coming to you from... Uh, post-celebration, uh, hangover. Yeah. Wow. I could move off this couch, but I don't wanna. I got my sunglasses on my Starbucks. <laughs> oh, I got my tea. Yep. Everything's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You just okay. Yep. July has been, uh, full of... Celebration so far. Yeah. Uh, as everybody knows, we are in Canada, and July 1st was Canada's 150th birthday! Extra special birthday! Extra special birthday. Damn right. Damn skippy. And if we have any listeners in Alberta, remember that the Prime Minister still does love you. <laughs> he even apologized. He did correct himself a yeah. couple ways. Yeah. So. Yeah, for anyone who's not guy. in Canada. <laughs> for anyone who's not in Canada. Yeah, the one during the Prime Minister's speech during the noon hour show on Parliament Hill. He started with BC and then went, I think his problem was he started with BC and then went up north. And when he came back down south in the speech, he, he kind of missed, he missed Alberta. A pro- he missed a province. <laughs> he missed mentioning a province. And, he... and it's uh, sadly also, it is probably the most conservative province Dope. as well. Or at least I should say the one that votes. Very conservative. Conservative, uh, more often. And, and he's he has, the head of the Liberal Party. Yeah, he's not lived it down yet. No. He has apologized about it on on Twitter, because apparently that's what world leaders do these days. Yeah, he pretty much, like, soon after, like, posted something on Twitter, like, almost immediately after the speech. And then, like, later, when he was up on stage again, he said, By the way, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mention Alberta. I missed Alberta. Okay, but that was Canada Day, mm-hmm. July 4th. Well, the next in chronologically was July 3rd. Yes. Which is Miss Karen's birthday! Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> and we had a lovely time, and we did some spinning and some knitting and some champagne and some bubbly and... Some food. Yeah, we had yep. just sat on the patio. It was and nice. It was a really nice day Knit for it. and spun, and it was lovely. And then July 4th is American American Independence Day, and because we're in Niagara, we can practically see the fireworks in New York. And um, wishing all of our American listeners and everything happy Independence Day, because we do have friends and family on that side of the border. Yep. Heck, I'm married to one of them. (laughs) And last night... Well, all yesterday. I was going to say, last night? All yesterday. See, the husband decided he wanted to have a party to celebrate recovery. Mm -hmm. And I am not to begrudge him this. All right. What kind of party are you looking for? I want an open house, 10 to 10. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I I just want to invite all my coworkers because, you know, I haven't seen everybody and they have different shifts. So this, that, and the other. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. I spent, I think, half of a mortgage payment on groceries. <laughs> but yeah, we had a long day yesterday. We basically had a 12-hour party. Yeah. And people were still there at 11 o'clock at night using the telescope because we have a reasonably good telescope and we were looking at craters on the moon and the moons of Jupiter. So yeah, people were there for a while. Yeah. 
And this morning, everybody that was left in the house was like, yeah, coffee and then not nothing else. Nothing else today, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that my Bahamian family is probably doing the celebration thing because tomorrow's Bahamian Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Who decided all of these countries were going to be independent in July? Like, who decided? Know. Well, especially considering they were like, you know, many, many years separated. Mm-hmm. I mean, Canada became its own sort of thing like a good hundred years after the U.S. decided to do Brexit 70, 1776. I think I'm only two years older than the Bahamas. <laughs> or the Bahamas is only two years older than me, one of the two. Yeah. Anyways, or four years, or something like that. Anyways, yeah, it's a baby of a country. Anyways, oh, I got some news that they're finally moving to solarization. And I'm like, oh, really? You think? <laughs> yes. A Caribbean country deciding to go to solar power. Holy smokes. What, what a crazy idea. What brought that on? About time, bitches. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so yeah, we're all in a little bit hangover stage, and they're all happy reasons. By the way, all very happy reasons. We're just a little bit of the, okay, now let's everybody take it easy. Let's put our feet up and let's not do anything grown up or adult and responsible for a little while. <laughs> we want to watch cartoons and play video games and drink coffee. And that's the extent of our, our wish list for the day. Sounds good. Yeah, something like that. I owe, my, I owe my son a couple of episodes of Gravity Falls because that's his latest thing. <laughs> Mom, so, who's your second favorite character on Gravity Falls? I have no idea, son. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Gravity Falls. Obviously, we will be doing this. Anyways, so moving on. Yes, Adventures in Knitting. Adventures in Knitting. Do you want to go first since you're actually knitting right now? Yeah, I'm knitting right... I'm actively knitting right now because this is also my part of my um, my promise to the universe that I would make my husband sweater once he got out of the ICU but because my husband is a big lad yes I am in knitting purgatory for a long time yeah because this is all stocking net stitch by the way the pattern and let me just that's not the pattern <laughs> that's the ball I'm band. just confirming that I'm remembering everything right but if I remember right it is Jared flood and it is brownstone yeah there we go brownstone yay and it is knit in Brooklyn tweed in the shelter wool, and I am doing it in thistle because my husband loves the color purple. And I have or- I have finished the two sleeves, and I'm working on the body, and it is knit in the round from the waist up. So yeah, I am in the tummy section, and it is knitting purgatory. Mm-hmm. But this is what I promised the universe I would do, so I'm not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. So that is where I am, and it's sort of the it's sort of the mindless knitting and. I do. <laughs> I realized probably um, somewhere around Canada Day. Oh shit! It's July, and I'm still need. I still need to work on his sweater. I'm not even halfway finished. So yeah, I am giving myself that little bit of push to knit on it every day a little mm-hmm. bit. And manana. So pretty project bag for the sweater because I ordered it from uh, One Geek to craft them all. The thing I like about this project bag is that it has this leather bottom. Vegan leather, faux leather, whatever you want to call it. But hmm. what that does is it makes the bag have a lot, some structure at the bottom so that it sits. Yeah. And it doesn't it fall sits over. nicely. Yeah. Ooh. And it does have, it has nice space. I let, I, I let them choose the fabrics they sent me. Star Trek! But there is, there is a lot of space in there. Yeah. For. Definitely sweater size. For, yep, definitely sweater size, because that's what I, or, that's what I ordered. 
But when I am not, when I cannot look at purple tweed anymore, I am knitting Kai Mays, and those are Cookie A socks from her book, I think it's Sock Innovation. Yeah. It's the last pattern, so it's towards the back, and it's the one where the leaf motif wraps from one of the outer ankle gussets and wraps over the arch of the foot to the front. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool build of a sock. So this is in Green Saber from a Wilda in New Zealand, so I'm finally getting around to using some package yarn. Ooh. Do, 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 do. And I'm after knitting with the shelter and going back to these needles and this yarn, I'm like, dang, oh, wow, this feels so tiny. I know, it feels so tiny. So there's that. And the other thing I've been working on is Michelle finally spent some time with me. Well, not finally, because, you know, we both have lives. So we finally coordinated time to do it. Mm-hmm. I am weaving. Yay! I am weaving. My, my my loom is up, and we tweaked it, and we did this, and we fussed with that, and I never knew how much you had to MacGyver for a freaking loom. Mm-hmm. You don't have a thingy thingy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Well, hold on. Hand me this. I'll tie this on. Grab the cat. Attach it over here. Duct tape this. And now we have a thingy thingy. I'm like, I didn't know I needed that in the first place. <laughs> so you saw it yesterday when you were at yes. the house. Almost warped. Yeah. And this is what I have today. Ooh. So actual weaving. Actual weaving. So it Off is the loom. stripes. That's Great. the beginning end. So I made mistakes at that end. Oh, too. it is. It still looks fine. So it is. This one is stripes. And I tried out a pattern. So pretty. And all this is is just practice weaving. This is not like a scarf for somebody or a present yeah. to go to somebody. This is just practice weaving. This is, let me see if I can figure out how to, how to read a pattern. Hey, look mm-hmm. at that. I can do it. Type of thing. Nice. That so this is really pretty. This is my second thing. Yeah, I've, some of the places along the way where you see that there's a, a skip in the pattern or something happened is when I basically got up and futzed with the loom a little bit to try and fix something. Yeah. And when I came back, I'd completely forgotten where I was in the pattern. Yeah. And I only sort of learned how to, okay, if I want that point, I need to press this treadle. Hey, look at that, it worked! And I only got to that point somewhere around here. Ooh, pretty. I have also learned that maybe listening to something like Critical Role or new episodes of Critical Role or stuff like that while I'm weaving is probably not the best idea while I'm a new weaver. Because I will pay attention to the story and completely forget where I am in the pattern. So I need to probably set myself a time limit and walk away from it when I start doing, when my mind starts wandering. Yeah. But that's all part of being a new weaver. Yeah. And I am learning. So, yes, now I want to go out and buy all of the weaving things. <laughs> I want to weave all the things. But, you know, that's part of the course. Weave all the things! Weave all the things, because, damn, it goes fast. It uses a ton of yarn, but it goes fast. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, so, um, do I have anything else? I think that's it. Just a... No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about, because, you know, it's still in here, and it still hates me. It's still in here. I need basically brioche. I start that project that I said is hates me. It still hates me. I think I'm going to start a different project. I think it's just I have a mental block against this project, Yeah. and that's what it is. Yeah. So when I finish the Kame socks, I will reattack the br- brioche, but yeah. from a different project angle, because I think it's just my mental, my mental landscape against it. 
Mm-hmm. So ta-da, that is me. So that's you? Yes, that's me. Okay, so for me, the biggest thing I've been working on the last little while is a cardigan. It is the Lock Street Cardigan by Glenessee. And I'm doing it in Universal Yarns. Hey, they almost match. <laughs> almost. Universal Yarns Dolce Merino. I can't remember the original color no- colorway name. It was like a pinky purple. But I think, oh, I think it was called Spring Mist. But I have over-dyed it now. This is the stuff I solar dyed last year. So I over-dyed it so it's a slight tonal. And so far I have done one sleeve and I am maybe like a half, almost a half. Elbow length? Yeah. Half of the way done the other sleeve. I haven't started the body yet. I figured I would use the sleeves to sort of figure out the gauge and stuff like that. Because sleeves I kind of like to be a little bit more fitting. And then once I can see what the gauge is on those, that'll help me pick needles for the body, which need to be a bit, needs to be a bit better Okay. sized. But yeah, it's going fine. It's basically like a four stitch or four row repeat. So it's just, you know, plugging away. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yep. I haven't been working on it a huge amount. I've mostly been working on it at knit nights. Uh, one thing I have been working on a fair bit the last couple of weeks is, I don't have them down here with me, but you saw them yesterday. Yep. I started some self-striping socks using uh, Cozy Knitter's Come Together colorway. And in when in the, the name of the colorway, the T-O in Together is capital T, capital O. Yee. Because a few years ago, Come Together was the sort of hashtag or... or motto for the blue jays and the colorway is blue jays colors so it's basically like three navy blues a set of navy blue white navy blue white navy blue white then navy blue sort of a middle blue for like three repeats of that and then back to the navy blue and white stripes so it alternates between these patches of like navy blue and white stripes and navy blue and sort of a brighter blue okay stripes and it comes with navy, a small navy blue skein for heels and toes. And I actually got it just in time. It came out, actually, I think it was um, sort of early, earliest June. They, she had another update and it finally had it in there and I had money. So I'm like, I am buying this now. And I, so I bought a skein for me and I also bought a skein from, so I can make socks for mom because she's a huge Blue Jays fan. And actually that was one week before we were going to a Blue Jays game with my brother who was up for a conference talk thing. So... It actually arrived on the Friday, which is the last day we get mail in the week. Yeah, that's true. Before the Blue Jays game on Sunday. Yay! <laughs> so it arrived just in time and I was able to knit Blue Jays socks at the while Blue at Jay the game. game. Yay. Which was nice. I've done a couple little swatches. I swatched and washed my Link Farm yarn from one of their sheep named Brian. It's like a fingering weight, maybe like a heavy, heavy fingering weight. And I just wanted to swatch it and see how it behaved and what it how it turned out when I washed it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it just this moment, so I can't show Maggie right now. But still deciding what I want to do with that one. I also did a swatch with some uh, Jameson Cobweb weight yarn. Ooh, Wow. That I have had in my stash for a while, but I also haven't started anything. I've been looking at, I was looking at, I think Hazel, never remember if it's Hazel Carter or Hazel Tyndall, her Shetland sampler stole. Though when I was looking at this last time, I was like, uh, I don't know. It's only actually like two different patterns. Maybe I'll just do my own thing. Cause I have. Cause you don't do that. <laughs> Cause I have a couple books about like Shetland knitting. So I have a couple books with a bunch of Shetland sort of traditional stitch patterns and stuff, but I haven't started it mainly because I've, I've kind of been thinking like, no, I need to get working on the sweater. And also because of other stuff that's come up, like one very big non-knitting thing. Yes. Um, so 
I have a full-time job? Yay! <laughs> yeah, I actually, I interviewed near the end of May, and then my manager was in France that week and was on vacation the following week. So it wasn't until like two weeks later that I actually was able to find out that I had the job, which is basically it's, I am in a new acquisitions clerk in the acquisitions technical services department for my library system. So the same library system I've been working in um, for the last many years. Basically what it means is that we place orders for the stuff that this, the library's selectors have decided we want to order. So for me specifically, it's like the paperbacks, basically. And then when stuff comes in, we're the ones who process it. So we're the ones who, you know, make sure that the spine labels are correct, that change anything that needs to be changed in the records that are in the computer, and that all the little coding in that is correct. You know, we double check, we add or have the some staff, like Shelver Mender staff, add genre stickers to it. So like if it's mystery or if it's by a Canadian author or something, we have special stickers we put, put on the spine for that. We double check, you know, everything before it goes up. And then I, I'm the person also that then like double checks everything and then checks it in mm -hmm. and sends it off to wherever it needs to go. Um, so basically every new item in my library will be passing through my hands at some point. <laughs> Which also means I get to see like, you get oh, to see everything this is new. the new stuff. Nice. I'm going to put myself on this hold list and I'm going to put myself on this hold list. Um, you know, I am also kind of responsible for the stuff that's going to bindery like stuff that needs to be rebound and new stuff that needs like better more sturdy covers and stuff like that and deal with all the magazines and stuff which means when the knitting magazines come in i'll be able to take a peek at those sweet <laughs> so yeah so there's a whole bunch of different aspects to my job now but none of those job none of those aspects involve working with the public anymore yay which is kind of a, a nice break i enjoy working with the public but it'll be nice to have a break and the other nice thing about it is the job is not only full-time it is monday to friday 9 to 4 30 yay Set. done schedule and done and done like that is it that is it under only under like very unique and unusual circumstances would we ever have to work a Saturday. Like if they're doing construction or repairs downstairs, then maybe we would come in on a Saturday. But like other but that's something we would have a lot of notice for. So like from now on I know exactly where I need to be. And it's only at one location. So I know exactly where I need to be and what time I need to be there on any given day. Which is very different <laughs> from when I was part time at the branches. Where every week my schedule would be a little different, yeah. and I'd be like constant, have the constant anxiety, being like, "Where am I supposed to be today? Are you sure you're starting at one? Are you sure you start at one? This is, today is not the day you start at eleven. You start at one." And like checking my schedule on my phone, like sometimes four or five times in the twenty-four hours before a shift to make sure that I'm not actually working that day. But yeah, so I have I now have evenings and Saturdays. Yay! And Sundays, like guaranteed. Which is also nice, because then I can make plans for things. Like, say, the TTC knit-along next weekend. For anybody who's not in, uh, who doesn't know the lingo of the TTC, it's Toronto Transit Commission? Yep. Yeah, it's public transit in Toronto. So the subways, streetcars, and buses yep. in Toronto. And basically the TTC knit-along is something that's gone out for years. It's had a few periods where... You know, the couple of few years where it hasn't happened, um, but it is back again this year. And basically what it is, is um, 
the participants are split up amongst different teams, and each team has a route. And so on that route, you will visit five different yarn stores in Toronto. <laughs> and there's a little, there's some overlap between different teams, but there's like, just double check, actually. There's nine teams all together this year, and there are 10 different yarn stores. So basically, they figured out uh, routes for each team where no two teams are going to the same yarn stores in the same order. And generally for each team, there's like, I think there's like one different or a couple different ones for each team they're all color coded i am on the gray team the lacework team <laughs> of course you are yes. well it's mostly they give the they, i mean they give every team a name mostly to identify it i know but it's just so fitting for you yes you got on the lacework team but because the lacework also included... the only thing that could have that could have been a more fitting was sock team yes true but looking at actually looking at the names of the teams lacework is the most except for well maybe magic, magic loop, loop. Magic Loop would probably be possibly be a little more applicable. But then basically with the team that I picked, all this, the yarn stores on that route are one, except for one, are ones that I have never been to or that I very rarely get to. Okay. So I intentionally went looking for a team that, you know, was going to a lot of different places that I, I don't usually get to. Okay. Like, for example, where are you going? So we start the day at Knitomatic. All right. Which I have been to before, but not in many, many years. It's okay. just sort of, it's sort of out a little further. It's not very far out of the downtown, like, core, but certainly not to Toronto, most Torontonians wouldn't consider it such, probably. Okay. But it's, you know, it's just a little further out than what I'd usually do, because I'm, if I'm going into Toronto for a day, like, it's just easier to hit certain places which are closer together or that are closer to other things I want to do. So we start at Knitomatic. Then we go to Passionate. Woo! Where Patty works. Patty! <laughs> then we're going to Porch Swing Yarn Somniacs. That, okay. Which is a fairly new one. I think it only I'm, opened a year or two ago. Yeah, I've not heard of it, to be honest. Um, I think I've maybe, I think they were maybe at the Frolic. I'd have to double check. But yes, it's one I've never been to before. Okay. And Passionate, I haven't been to very often either, too, because it is, again, it's sort of outside of your usual, of my usual route. Yeah. Especially if I'm going to Toronto for like a movie or something, I generally can't go too far out of the, the downtown core. And that's where we stop for lunch as well. Then it's on to the Knit Cafe, which I have been to a couple times, but they have moved. And I think they've moved even a little further out from where they were before. So again, it's been quite a while since I've been there. And then our last stop is Romney Wools, which is the one place where I've been to a lot because it's sort of, you know, Queen Street West. Okay. I don't think Not I've ever from... been inside Romney. Oh, girl. Ever. We need to go. <laughs> well, we did discuss going to Toronto to go to Wonderpens as well. Yes. So what we could do is we could just go straight along Queen Street and go Romney, Wonderpens, Purple Pearl. <laughs> and then after after we finish at Romney, there was an, also an optional dinner that you could RSVP to at a place called Sneaky D's, which I've certainly I've heard about. I've never actually been there. But so like you could opt in to, to go for dinner. So I decided to do that. I've I've wanted to do this for years, but I've never been able to. Because of your schedule. Because I've never known what the hell my schedule was until usually a couple weeks before. And because it's really, because it's in the middle of the summer, it's usually really busy. And so often, if it's not a Saturday that I was already working, it's often, I would often be working that Saturday anyway, because it was super busy. So yeah, this year, but this year... I have found out I got the job and then I found out that TTC Knit Along was happening again. And I was like, oh, I can go to that. <laughs> I, I don't have to wait for a schedule. No, you don't. Or anything like that. I, I can just, I can just buy just my ticket go. now. Yep. 
I can just go. So when is the TTC Knit Along? It is this upcoming Saturday, which is Saturday, July 15th. And basically there is a, there is a sort of registration. And basically you, re- you have to, you had to have registered for the team. So they have, you know, a little online shop, basically, mm-hmm. where you register for the team. Um, and there is a registration cost, but most of the, the cost, uh, the proceeds from the event go to a group called Sistering in Toronto which is a group that serves uh, homeless, marginalized, and low-income women in Toronto. And they've also added another charity element this year. Basically, they have a raffle, and you can buy extra raffle tickets. Or one thing you can do if you're participating in the event is you can also bring knitted or crocheted items to donate or yarn that you can donate at a that for everyone that you drop off at a designated yarn store, you will get another raffle t- raffle ticket. And then they said, you know, many of the yarn stores participating in this year's event have special offers available to participants. So basically, I just need, you know, it's the the cost of the the registration. I think it was 20 bucks. Yeah, so registration was $20, which included a raffle ticket, but all the proceeds are going to sistering. So... I don't have a problem with that. Nope. And basically then all the, the only other thing you need is a TTC pass, like day pass, or if you live in Toronto, a monthly pass or, you know, whatever fare for the, the TTC presto right. card. And they said, you know, one of the part of the fun things is that like you have a, a team, I think there's about 12 people on each team. And of course, you know, between stops, you take the streetcar or the bus or the subway to get to the next or, you know, combination thereof to get to the next stop. And so you have like this knot of like 12 people often sitting like right in the same spot in a streetcar or a bus all knitting and talking. And so they said part of the, the fun is just like the looks or the, the conversation watching the muggles. with other yeah. people. Watching the muggles yeah. react to you. So yeah, it sounds really fun. I cannot wait to go. And I just decided this year too, especially because I knew I had a full-time job and therefore income. I was like, you know what? And also because I knew, again, with my schedule, I don't work evenings. I didn't have to wait and find out if I was working the Friday night before. I was just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to stay in Toronto overnight <laughs> the night before. Yep. So I'm like, I can just book a hotel right now. I don't need to worry. Because you like, know when you're going to go. Yeah. And that way I don't have to, you know, get up super early the next morning to try and get to Knitomatic before 1030. So it'll just be able to get up, get ready, check out, probably even have some time to like go somewhere and like actually get breakfast. Just have a nice relaxed thing and then hop on the TTC to Nidomatic. Yes. It's gonna be awesome. It sounds like it, yeah. I'll have to check what the weather is gonna be like next weekend, but hopefully it won't be terrible. And if it is, we'll be in yarn stores and on the TTC for most of the day. And yeah, things will be fine. Yeah. As for like, of course, doing that means probably buying yarn, you know, and I'll figure out budget. I'm probably not gonna buy a ton because, you know, I have lots. And you just bought a computer. Yeah, that's the other thing. I did buy a computer. A pretty nice computer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's sort Dang. of like lower end gaming computer. Because I have, you know, really enjoyed playing more computer games and my little laptop, like I haven't been able to play certain games for like a couple months for a few months now because my laptop just won't run them anymore. Ah, uh, poor little because Sherlock. Of updates. Yeah. So Sherlock has been re- been replaced by the beast. <laughs> <laughs> because I got a desktop this time. And it's, uh, the tower is pretty big. <laughs> Does the Beast have a very nice singing voice and, uh, you know, a beautiful, like, palace with a frozen rose? <laughs> Don't tempt me to put stickers all over it. It does have a very low grumble. There you go. <laughs> when I turn it on. That sounded wrong. 
That sounded very wrong. I went back to my knitting. Okay, yes. Um, yes. Moving away from that comment as fast as possible. Okay, yes. Geek Squee. Yes, yeah, so moving into Geek Squee. We haven't had a chance to record since Wonder Woman came out. And holy <laughs> snap. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. My god. Yeah! I love this movie so I love much. This movie. I love this movie. I love this movie. Love so this movie. So we'll try and go with non-spoilery first. Okay. It's no spoilery that a lot of women have been you know, really happy about this movie because it's very feminist. What can I say? Yeah. It's very empowering for women. Yeah. And it's, I think the the main thing that I have said about it and the thing that I first said on Twitter about it was that there was a scene that was literally so badass I cried. Yeah. I remember like, you saying tears that. tears running down my, I'm not, like not exaggerating. I sometimes, I know I, I sometimes get hyperbolic. This is not one of those moments. I had tears literally, literally rolling down my cheeks during the scene. And it's not just because she was being badass and like, you know, being a badass fighter sort of stuff. It was also because of what the scene, and we'll go into it in spoilers, um, what it means about her character and what it says about the, the people around her and her relationships with them. And and also, again, just the, the so seeing a female character getting that moment to shine in her own movie. Yeah. And what that means for women young and old. And like that we finally have this. And I was just, both times I saw the movie, I just cried (laughs) during that scene. About the costuming and the armor, I read about an interview, the costuming person with the costume Mm -hmm. designer, like a lot of costuming armor in the past for superhero movies and mm-hmm. you know, um, movies of this sort of genre, of sci-fi genre, a lot of the uh, costumes for women have been based off of, let's just face it, lingerie yeah. and under- underwear. Yeah, and fetish gear. Yep. <laughs> the costumes that the Amazons wear is actually based off of Roman-style armor, mm-hmm. where it is leatherwork overlaid with leatherwork, yeah. and everything about them is functional- as opposed to being sexy. Yeah. Um, in some people will say, well, what about the the really short skirt? And I'm like, well, Legionnaires would have had a really short, short skirt, skirt. Yeah. Because it doesn't <laughs> impede movement. Yeah. Because you are going to be doing kicking and running and jumping, jumping and, and things like that that actually require movement of your legs. So no, yeah. the, the short skirt is not to show off the gams. The yeah. short skirt is to is the ability to not impede movement. Yeah. Also, the myth of Amazon... I mean, this goes back to all of the Greek myths and whatnot, that they supposedly cut off one breast so that when they drew back for their bow, yeah. it didn't interfere. Yeah. You know, the the whole aerodynamics of the, the chest and the body did not interfere yeah. with the bow. And what the costume designer did was she gave them all a one-sided metal breastplate on top of the... Yeah. Amazonian leather. And I just thought it was cool that they were paying attention to those kinds of details. That's yeah. really cool. Also, um, I noticed looking at the costuming again, like not only does one, you know, Diana have that eagle motif yeah. at the top of hers, but so does Hippolyta. Yeah. Hippolyta has hers as a negative yeah. window in her armor. And I'm like, it's just so many beautiful details that were put into that. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's a sign of the thought and the care that went into this movie. And like, and yes, there are certain aspects of it which are weak. The villain, the bad guys are kind of like, eh, 
um, for reasons I'll get into. Yeah, we'll get into um, that later. The last half of the movie is a bit sort of, eh. You know, it's it's not. It's more that it's it's not as maybe not as strong as other aspects of the movie. But anyone who's like, well, I don't know, the ending was kind of meh. I'm like, go fuck yourselves, <laughs> because basically, like, okay, yeah. People said the same thing about the first Thor movie and the first Captain America movie. And so I'm not, you know, so A, you can go fuck yourselves. B, you can, you know, at least treat it, at least treat the movie like those other ones. But, you know, still uh, have the realization that this movie is still different than those because it's a female freaking superhero with her own goddamn movie, which Marvel still has not gotten their act together for. Yep. So like, yep. So in this instance, points go to Warner Brothers. Yeah, and you know they are surprised. DC. They are surprised about it as well. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw something about them doing like reshoots or, or changing stuff in like the Justice League movie or something because they're like, oh, people actually like Wonder Woman. No shit, Sherlock. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. We've only been telling you this for how long? Yeah, especially considering like how grim dark the rest of the DC universe has been. She is a wonderful breath of fresh air. <laughs> And a beacon of light and hope. I will admit, I am looking forward to seeing this whole Aquaman angle. I'm yeah, and it's not just because it's Jason Momoa. That's not just it, but they are. I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I'm just really, really. My curiosity is very peaked. True. Like I'm. I admit that part of the reason I'm interested in how they deal with Aquaman is just because all. Aquaman on the surface just seems kind of goofballs. Well, Aquaman has been like, I think, and anybody out there in comic book world can correct me, but Aquaman was kind of like the low guy on the totem pole for the DC yeah. um, Justice League, whatever. Because yeah. Just like for reasons what you said. And to now sort of like make him more popular and powerful, mm-hmm. I'm my curiosity is peaked to see how this how they're going about doing that and hopefully they're not going to resort to stupid tropes yeah yeah is what what i'm hoping yeah it'll be interesting to see what they're gonna do with that but anyways that's not what this is about right now yeah right now it's about wonder woman wonder woman Woman is amazing and awesomeness and stuff so spoilery talk yeah spoiler talk so you know again in the show notes i will put in the time that it is safe to come back from if you do want if you do not want spoilers um, so you can check and fast forward to then if you still want to listen to the episode. But beyond this point, here be spoilers. Here be spoilers. Sailors be wary. Mm. But yeah, I think the moment that, or a moment that really speaks to what this means to people is also the moment that made me cry. <laughs> one of the moments, there were a few points, I cried at a few points, but the one that, the one that I really was not expecting to hit me like it did was when Diana goes over the top into No Man's Land. Yeah, and that one was almost taken out of the movie. Yeah, that... I've read that, and, and Patty I'm... Jenkins, the director, who is amazing. Hi, 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 wherever you are, we bow down to your your wonderfulness, we love you. We're not worthy, we're not worthy. And she's doing the next one. Yes, thank God. Yeah, they nearly took that out, and that move moment is so powerful. It is incredibly, incredibly pivotal and powerful. I mean, and not just because, I mean, it's pivotal and powerful because she gets to be a freaking badass and take on, like, the German fucking army in World War One, and, like, stand there, well, stand there while dudes are firing at her and, like, repel all the, bu- repel everything and stand strong against it. This feels like a metaphor for something. Yep. 
But not just for, like, the badass tough girl reasons, but also because, like, up to that moment, like, as they're approaching the front line, she keeps being like, we have to help this person. We have to help this person because they're they're passing, like, you know, a woman and child who are, who've been chased Uh, from their homes by the, the... the German army's invasion, and... She's basically seeing the effects of war on a civilian population. Yeah, and then also she sees, like, the wounded soldiers coming back from the front, being carried away from the front, and, like, through the mud and the muck of the, the trenches in the First World War. And Steve keeps telling her, we can't stop. We can't help them. The only way we can help them is by stopping this whole thing yeah. and, you know, going on our major mission... To stop them, to stop this. We can't help every single person. And she's finally just like, no, fuck that. <laughs> and If so, I have like, to do this on my own, oh, I will. so be it. So it's, it's her belief that she has to help those that she sees that are in need. Even with someone telling her, like, you can't, that there's something more important at that moment. You know, at that moment, she cannot pass by that need and not do something. What I also remember very, very important about that portion is up until that point, she had not worn the iconic brow circlet. Yeah. That ha- that everybody now knows that Wonder Woman wears. And she hadn't worn it yet. It had been passed to her from her mother, which had originally been worn by her aunt, who was mm-hmm. the general of the, of the army, who had gotten killed on i'm just going into the whole thing of the story but anyways that moment she decides this is a moment worthy of this yeah item that has been passed to me for the sake of defending goodness and at that point you just between that and the music you just know that whoop ass can be open yeah and the fact too that like she's you know what then happens is like she goes out there also to draw to draw fire fire from the machine guns and so basically allows Steve and his ragtag band of Howling Commandos, because that's basically what they are, um, <laughs> and the rest of the, the British army to Advance. charge yeah. across no man's land. While she takes the brunt of the uh, yeah. brunt of the attack. I yeah. can't believe that that scene wouldn't be put in. I can't I believe that. Anyways. Oh my god. I, I, can't, I can't really, I can't imagine the movie without it. Yeah. It's like, like Bilbo not finding the ring and just coming out of the cave going, I found this. Pocket. Bye. Yeah, I I can't imagine the movie without it because it's just too awesome. And one of the and one of the really cool things after that, like when they get into the town, is again showing that one that Steve it shows the sort of like Steve's trust in her and faith in her when he realizes she's drawing fire and that they can you know run across no man's land. But also when they get into the town and he sees that big piece of metal and she needs to get up yeah. to the the bell tower Diana! and he's like. Shield. Shield. So he sees. He takes something that he has seen. He has learned her people do. Yeah. And like, oh, if I do this, we can. We can do that because she we can, can stop this together. Because she can do that. Yeah, and she'll know what it means when I say it. And it's freaking amazing. Yeah, my, my nipples were diamonds through most of that movie. Yeah. That you know, not for any guy, but because I'm like, holy women orgasm. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It, it was somewhat akin, though maybe even stronger. To like watching Ghostbusters <laughs> last summer and seeing Kate McKinnon getting to be a super goddamn badass during the major fight and just like 
the lady boner that I got during that. It's, oh, it was so good. I love it so much. He needs a cigarette. And it's interesting to, and I think one of the, one of the small flaws in it, but also one of the things that's really interesting about the movie is with the way they've said it during the First World War. Because from what I understand, her origin story is actually in the Second World War. Yeah, but Marvel's already sort of claimed Second, yeah. second World War. You know, I, I yeah, can, there, I can there talk probably, words. But, I mean, there was, there was probably part of it, too. They were like, they didn't want it to be too much like Captain America first. Right. Avenger. But then also, it's really interesting that they chose the First World War. Or it's really interesting that the use of the First World War is really interesting because of the nature of that conflict and how fucking stupid it was. It was basically like, I mean, it was basically caused by like, one of the major causes of it, or background causes of it, was that one, all these countries in Europe were pursuing colonialist bullshit activities. So they were starting to run up against, they're running up against each other, trying to claim little pieces of the world for themselves, um, and getting into fights over that. But also part of it was just that because of the state of relations in Europe at the time, there was a whole bunch of countries that were basically just like, well, there's going to be a war. There just is. There's just going to be a war. That's just the way it is. And so, like, part of the reason it really started is because, like, you know, Germany specifically had a plan of, like, well, there's going to be a war. So if we're going to, you know, if there's a reason for a war that comes up, we need to get out there before anyone else and just mow down the Western Front and win that so that by the time that Russia gets its shit together and mobilizes, we can put all our forces on the Eastern Front, because we can't fight a two-front war. That's exactly what happened. But so there was there was such this, such this idea that it was just going to happen, and all these alliances that were created to, you know, make sure that if it happened, they people had, you know, certain countries had backup and all this other stuff. And there was so much assumption that there was going to be a war that they were basically just waiting for the spark that would start it. Instead of, oh, I don't know actually doing something that would mean there wasn't a fucking war. And then when it happened, it's like, oh, wait, shit. <laughs> We've industrialized a lot. This has turned into a complete hellhole. Yeah, well. With chemical weapons. Most wars stuff. do. So basically, so it's it's very much a war where there aren't really good guys and bad guys. To some of them, there is to some extent. But I mean, basically most of the countries that were involved had some responsibility for that war starting and there were lots of atrocities that happened on different on a number of different sides so like it's certainly not the sort of clean more clean cut view that you get with the second world war where it's like nazis evil taking over must stop yay we did you know rah 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 you know that sort of slightly more clean cut yeah i'm i'm doing this in air quotes because there it's not as clean cut, but at least like, yeah, the Nazis were a much bigger force that needed to be stopped, etc. So because it takes place during a, a war, which is very much where all parties involved are kind of wrong. Yeah. It's very interesting that you get Diana involved in that, who very explicitly believes that like in this very like right and wrong mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Humans are only doing this because of Ares's Influence. Influence. You know, the Germans are the bad guys, but that's only because Ares has had their influence and they started it sort of thing when it was really not like that. And that is sort of, that is kind, that does kind of come out later when Steve tells her. One of the thing, one of the places where you see her confusion and you understand that this idea of not everybody is all good and yeah. not everybody's all bad is when she is at the camp where people are getting, collecting mm. together and... 
she's talking to I can't remember the name of the Native American chief. Is it? Chief? I think he's, I think they just call him chief. Okay. I don't know that he gets another name besides that, well, which is kind of problematic. Well, there is but. there is there is actually a whole tangent of his own. Yeah. That anyways, but that's for another podcast. Yeah. And he's talking to her about I'm in this because this is all that I have and my people's lands were taken. Well, who took your people's lands? His people. Yeah. And that's when, she, wait a minute, I've been with him this whole time. You both? Yeah. And, you know, that's where you you start to see on her face. You start to see a little glimpse that, okay, maybe this is not as simple as she As thought I thought. It. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't, but she's still sort of very much like, oh, if we stop Ares, then we'll, you know, then everything will yeah. be fine. She doesn't really seem to, to get that, no, maybe humans are fucking this one up all on their very own. own. There's your history lesson today, yeah. boys and girls, if you haven't figured yeah. that out. I have lots of feelings about this. Yes, Karen does. Um, <laughs> history major um, with an interest in that time period. Yeah. But and they do, like, later on, they do kind of, Steve does kind of say, like, this is kind of everyone's fault. The war is kind of everyone's fault. But for a good part of the movie, it is sort of like, Germans, bad guys, need to stop them. And, like, in the presentation of those characters, of the, the villains, I'm not sure how much... That sort of philosophical idea and that sort of backstory and the reason why she and the thing they tried to include about how no humans are not just perfect, but have been corrupted. I'm not sure how much that translated into they kind of undercut it with the mm. way they had the villains in the movie. So that was a bit weak. The thi- the on- the main thing I had a problem with was right at the end. Mm-hmm. with the final standoff with Ares. Because, okay, I get it when you're in subterfuge mode. Yeah. And you're trying to blend in. <laughs> I get it. I know what you're going to mention. <laughs> I get it. But when you have just basically blown your cover, yeah, and you are levitating and you have morphed a suit of armor onto you, lose the mustache. <laughs> like Professor Lupin... Is not Aries. Like, just yeah. lose it, lose, or at least just go full Greek and make make like the facial beard. hair just go... Yeah. And have this massive Greek beard with all the ripples in it and everything. Yeah. The because mustache was kind of silly. The be- looking back at Aries' story with that actor, I'm sorry, that is a British actor <laughs> who was in a cave in a loincloth. Yeah. Is what it was. I and mean, has the goofy little mustache. Yes! I mean, that's that's my thing. That's my thing. Okay, when you have blown your cover, and you are trying to intimidate, and, you know, you are announcing yourself as the god of war, just just lose the mustache. Just 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 be the god and just go with it, you know? But but that's my thing. That was my... That's my... Yeah. Professor Lupin is not Ares. <laughs> yeah, that's what... I think one of the... One of the big things I've heard about the infight is like, that! mustache i mean it would I mean, and the other thing you know and i've heard some people say too but the, the final fight it's like okay just when it when it gets to that final fight it's like okay god fight and then it's just like cgi smashing which is okay there's a couple moments in there that are just kind of well done like that moment where we think diana's hearing has gone kind of wonky because of an explosion or something like that and steve runs up to her and is basically saying goodbye goodbye to her. Sort of like a reverse, well, maybe not a reverse Stephen Peggy, because he's the one who gets in the plane, except this time he actually dies. Let's not go there. That's yeah. a whole nother tangent for a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But then later we actually see that, like, no, they actually did get to talk and what he actually said to her. And when he gives her his what? father's yeah. watch. Oh. Yeah, that was the other, another bit I cried at. 
Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, the final fight, it's like, it's, it's important at the, you know, there's an important moment there where she refuses to kill the scientist, the female German scientist. But other than that, like a lot of that fight is just like, okay, CGI smashing, you know, which is not, it's not terribly different. And it's just like, they're gods so they can fly and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, (laughs) but it's still just like them tossing stuff at each other and it doesn't, that part doesn't, that part on its own, that fight on its own doesn't really have the emotional weight to it that some of the rest of the movie did. I mean, it's still awesome to see her beating stuff yeah. and, you know, throwing, like, throwing a tank at somebody. But, like, you know, it's, I, I think the more, the bits of the movie that I remember better, of course, are the ones that definitely hit more of an emotional chord. Yeah. But, I mean, even with that, again, like I said. Badass movie. End of Thor. Or like the end of Captain America, like, okay, they have their problems too. They're only gods, they're human too. Like, she should be able to have like, okay, boss fight at the end, whatever. But but the rest of the movie means so much. And the move the fact that the movie exists too means so much to me and other people that I give no fucks. I don't have my phone or my technology with me, but I read yesterday that it was a runner was competing she's five months pregnant and the yeah old, and the reason that she decided to compete was because of wonder woman and she actually Yay. because gal actually did some of the reshoots oh yeah five months pregnant she was super pregnant and so she decided well if she can do that in an action movie i can run you know for a, a certain length of time mm-hmm. you know and safely train and whatever while five months pregnant and she wears wonder woman sports gear that's awesome. I don't like... Love it. Yeah. And I mean, and one other thing about the movie is like, I have seen, and there is a lot, and there is definitely, you know, merit in the, the discussion of the diversity in the movie. Again, it's sort of like Howling Commando's sidekicks, where the, <laughs> where the diversity diversity comes in. I mean, it's kind of interesting, you know, in that they, they do have their own little stories. I think more of a story, really, than the Howling Commandos did, than most of the members of the Howling Commandos did. Or more of a kind of personal backstory. But again, they're still sort of like, you know, the sidekicks that we don't really know a huge amount of, amount about. So that, I mean, that is, that is a problem. The one interesting thing with the diversity in the movie is it might not have gotten diversity, might not have, have been much more diverse than most other movies in the main cast and stuff, whereas, which is where it counts. But one thing I really noticed in the movie, as soon as they get to London, some of the first people Diana sees are businessmen wearing turbans. Like, these are obviously mm. British Indian people. Yep. You know, who either who were born in India and moved to Britain, or who maybe their family has been in Britain for, like, generations, because guess what? There were a lot of Indian people in Britain at all of its times during its... Uh, various times during its history. Yep. So, like... That was one of the things I noticed. And and when you see soldiers British later on, you somewhere. also see, yeah. And when you see, you know, some of the soldiers later on, you see black soldiers. You see, again, soldiers in turbans. And, you know, you see soldiers who, people in extras in street scenes and in the, the scenes with the soldiers and stuff who are obviously not white, are not the Anglo-Saxon British, yeah. who are from elsewhere in the colonies or... British people of color. <laughs> because, yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's, and definitely, there. definitely at that time. In London. In London. They had, the Victorians had such a boner for India. 
Like a huge <laughs> boner. Like they were, there's a reason they called India the jewel, jewel in the crown. Yes. It was like one of their most important colonies. And like, so just having that reflected, especially after like watching things like Downton Abbey, which is during the exact same time period and hearing people, you know, a number of podcasts I've listened to and stuff comment on the fact that like, it's so white. Like all the extras are white. So I thought, you know, whoever was doing the extras casting was on top of their game. Nice. For that scene. And then also just like, speaking of the costumes. Yes. God fucking damn it when they go to Selfridges to get her clothes. <laughs> oh my God. I am just like sitting there just being like, oh my God. Mama want. Yes. There's like, there's there's a whole scene where I, I, I think I need to see it yet again because every time I am just transfixed by like this peacock blue dress that's on a mannequin behind her. I'm just like, Mama want. It's so pretty. I know it's so pretty. I know. Part of me is like, they're they're in in London basically for a hot second, and then they like go off, and I'm like, but but I, I want to see more of the costumes. <sighs> but yeah. Okay. Anyways. So needless to say, like I said, we love that movie. Yeah. Uh, that two thumbs up. I'm trying to make some sort of a penis joke to say three, but I don't have one, so. <laughs> okay. So we'll come back from spoilery territory. Yeah, I think... I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. There is so like, much to say on yeah, this movie. There's that so much... So, more is so going to say. It's been, a, it's been a few weeks since I saw it, and, and there's so much to say about it. And we can discuss in... There is a thread in the Ravelry group, because as soon as I basically got home from that movie, and I'm like, I need to discuss this with people. <laughs> I need to talk with this to people about this. I have feels. I need to share them. So yeah, we can discuss it there. Especially when, you know, the movie comes out, and I can... Be like, oh yeah, this bit. Pause and freeze frame. I wonder if what would be in the director's cut for this. Oh my god, I want to see it so bad. But yes, leaving spoiler space. Oh boy. Okay, I need a cigarette after that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of historical stuff. Yeah. Or sort of historical what stuff. You got? What you got? What you um, got? I actually saw this on io9. Someone did an art print, which is Star Wars if set in the Middle Ages. Look at that. On Earth. And here, I'll scroll down so you can see the full thing. Woo! Look at that. Nice. It looks like it's by Andre Lima Araujo. The really cool thing is they've, I mean, they've taken the character designs and the costumes and stuff and translated it into medieval style clothing and armor. So like, you know, Luke's white tunic tunic outfit is now like a medieval style tunic with quilted armor underneath and like the leggings and instead of a lightsaber he's holding a broadsword instead of a blaster han has a crossbow i love yoda yeah yoda's just a a short itty bitty itty bitty dwarf dude yeah itty bitty older older man. man and chewbacca chewbacca is you know probably from one of the scandinavian countries like yeah. he's Covered in fur and yeah, leathers. Yeah, a lot of furs and has a big beard. And an axe. Yeah, and I mean, look at Darth Vader's armor. Yes! Black Knight, Again, basically. it's like a Black Knight armor. Again, with quilted quilted armor underneath. Really nicely done. It's really cool. That That's a lot of research done into the styles. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah, and Leia's cinnamon buns kind of suit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> suit the outfit. She's wearing a more medieval style female dress. So yeah, it's really cool looking at the, the details on the characters. Oh yeah, Stormtroopers. And if you want to see it, you can go to Andre Lima Araujo's website. It's um, A-N-D-R-E-L-I-M-A 
A-R-A-U-J-O dot bigcartel.com. And from there, you can see the Star Wars medieval print and even order one if you want. And he's actually got a graphic novel coming out. Ooh, written with Alice Cott, who works for Marvel, called Generation Gone. That's coming out through Image Comics. I might have to check that out. But yeah, I love seeing and I love seeing art like that, which takes something from like a fantasy universe and puts it in a time period. In time period, it reminds me of like someone who the person who did the those Disney princess designs where they yes. rooted their the them in the time period their movies are set or yeah. appear to be set. Belle was French Rococo. Yeah, and Snow White was I think 14th century Germany. Germany. Yeah. Oh wow! Sleeping Beauty was like Victorian, I think. Oh god, yeah, yeah, those were beautiful. But yeah. I really, I love people see. I love seeing people like take something like that and give it, a, put a twist on it like that. Yeah. Um, and another little Star Warsy thing, there is also there's now an online web series called Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Yeah. And basically, it is all ladies all the time. It's a web series. Yep. It's an animated web series. Nice. So it says, it. looking at the, the Mary Sue article from June the 27th about it, it's basically the, it's basically stories about the female characters in Star Wars. Nice. Like Leia, and Rey, and Jin Erso, and Padme Amidala, and um, a couple of characters who I know are in um, the Clone Wars animated series and stuff. And it's basically, it says they, the sort of, the, the bit that the Mary Sue has quoted from the press release for it says it promises to explore the untold stories that shaped the destinies of these female characters. Cool. I mean, I heard about it first when the trailer for it came out. And of course, there were a lot of dude bros who were whining. <laughs> but I was like, oh, what are people whining? But I, I saw people saying that people were whining about it before I saw, like, why they said why people were, you know, guys were whining about it. And I was like, oh, well, I'll check out the trailer. And I start watching the trailer. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> These are all women. This is a thing. This is all ladies. This is amazing. I don't watch football, guys, but you don't see me whining about it on TV, you know, or on the internet, taking up so much TV time. Are you kidding? It's like, oh, my God. Just seeing this makes me so happy. Oh <laughs> seeing this is, a, this is a thing that is being made and existing. So, yeah, it's it's on YouTube. Cool. Like, Disney is releasing it on YouTube, so you can go to YouTube. I think the first two episodes, two or three episodes have dropped. I'm sure if you type starting in, if you type, if you start typing in Star Wars in the YouTube search box, this will come up. More than likely, yes. In the suggested, in the suggested results. The look of delight on her face. I know. I like the art style of it. Yeah, the art style is really cool. But yeah, I will have to check that out. And one more Disney thing. I heard about this. Yeah. So basically, in in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which is basically, I mean, just in case people didn't know, Pirates of the Caribbean ride has been around for decades. The movie was based on the ride, and now the ride is being, some aspects of the ride have been changed already, and are continuing to be changed to fit the movies, or to just revamp them. And I think all the Disney parks, that ride is getting a revamp within the next couple of years. The first one to get a revamp is Disneyland Paris. Okay. Um, next year. So one of the things they're revamping is apparently there's a section where it's like a wench auction. Yeah, I've been on the ride several times. Yeah. Like there's there's a screenshot here. Again, I'm looking at the Mary Sue uh, article about this. And the, there's a screenshot of the ride. And there's a big sign. There's women in chains. Ro- mm. 
Is that chains or rope? It chain doesn't matter. Together. It doesn't well, matter. It's like, well, chain or rope. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's bad both ways. And there's a big sign in the back- background that says, Auction! Take a wench for a bride. Yep. Which is problematic for so many reasons. And I think they call this the redhead scene because the woman dressed in the pink dress in the forefront. Yeah. And she has red columned curled locks. Yeah, she's got bright red and hair. And I think one of the quotes And that she's flashing some leg. <laughs> one of the quotes in it, well, there is, I think, because you hear the voices repeating and repeating. Yeah. It's like, turn around, Lassie, let, her, let them see your your starboard side, and stuff like that. Yeah, and it says in the article, to the pirates in the in the scene chant, we want the redhead. Yeah. So what they're doing as part of this revamp is the red-headed wench is becoming a red-headed red pirate. pirate. And there are people that are complaining about this. And lordy, people are pissed. I actually know some of the people who are pissed. I haven't asked them exactly why they're pissed, but I think it's because a lot of... Disney has been doing a lot of PC politically correct things that end... Oh, you mean things... Yeah, be, mean yeah. not being a douche things? Yes, and... <laughs> this, is my, this is my definition of PC, not being a douche. Yes, and it's ruining their childhoods, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, basically. I am all for it, because guess what? There were female pirates. Yeah. I am all for There it. were a few female pirates. There were a few female yeah. pirates that kicked Which, as they say in major the, ass. You know, as they say in the article, you know, the main defense used by some of these pirate these commenters is that this will be rewriting history. And it's like that a female seafaring Annie Oakley wannabe is just us imposing our modern PC culture on history. No. no. There were a lot of female pirates. They mentioned some in the article. Anne Bonny, Mary Reed, Grace O'Malley, yes. Cheng Xiao, Ching Shi. I mean, did you not it's see like, did you not see Pirates of the Caribbean in the movie? If you haven't yeah. read your history books, you did watch Pirates of the Caribbean in the movie, yeah. I presume. There were actually female pirates. So it's kind of cool that they are turning her they're taking this iconic sort of focal character on the ride. Yeah. And turning her into a female pirate. Which, which is awesome. I, which and they have concept cool. art. They have concept art for the... So the auction is now for goods, for stolen goods, like a grandfather clock, like a painting, like for, um, you know, chickens in a crate, which, yeah, I'm sorry, but they're a lot more useful than, you know... Yeah, or it looks like the auction might be, like, people are, you know, bringing their stuff to the auction so they can pay off the pirate, basically. Where's the... On the Disney Parks blog article about this, there is a better picture of the concept art. And she's like, she's got her foot propped on a barrel, she's got a musket propped on her hip. She does look very Annie Oakley-ish, which is where somebody probably took that from. But, all the same, she, And she's still got the giant hat and the red dress and basically looking like a badass. She, She basically decided the pirate life was for her. Yeah. And she's rocking it. So, you know what? I'm all for the change. Yeah. It looks awesome. And if you don't like it, guess what? You get auctioned off. Because <laughs> that's the pirate life. Yeah. And it's nice to see them updating the ride, because some of that is, like, kind of dated and kind of gross now. Yeah. I mean... They could probably do the same with It's a Small World. <laughs> not that I will, even if they do, not that I will ever check out those changes, because, dear God, I have written that... I've rode... I rode that ride once in my life and that was enough we go every single time i i have to go every single time otherwise a a part of my soul just sort of like falls out i had one experience of hearing a 30 second song played over and over yeah and over for like 20 minutes and nope that's good i'm good i never need to hear the song ever again (laughs) twitch 
Twitch. I re- I studied Mary Blair's art style for a while, which is what a lot of the that time period of Disney was mm-hmm. done in. So not only just it's a small world, but also the whole um, style concept of the Sleeping Beauty movie and yeah. everything was around her art style. Mm-hmm. And every time I go on that ride, I try and find one more detail and mm-hmm. one more thing that maybe I can commit to memory. And of course, it's never the same. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am one of the masochists that actually go on that ride <laughs> willingly. And it's a rite of passage in the family. You have to go on it. So Aiden had to go. <laughs> My baby brother actually lucked out. He was an infant and he he fell asleep on the ride. <laughs> I had no control over that, okay? I was like, what? Or like a family th- hazing. I was, Yeah, it's family hazing is what it is, but I actually embraced it. <laughs> you were the one it didn't work on. No. Like, yes, I like this thing. <laughs> yes, sir, may I have another? <laughs> and another one, and another one, and another... Anyway, shut I'll shut up. up. Karen's gonna kill me. Oh, God. Urge to kill. Rising. Rising. Okay, move along. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. I mentioned this last weekend, I believe, um, and we did not know, and maybe a lot of our American listeners, especially the ones closer to the West Coast, know this already, but Blue Moon Fiber Arts has a very, very pretty colorway that we would like to let people know, to, to let people know about. It is called Hashtag She Persisted. Eee! I let Karen and Michelle know the same day I found out about this. It is a very, very pretty, deep, great purple that spans across into a spectrum of pink, pinky purple, and it goes into gray, and it is lovely. And it looks like there's, like, slightly more taupe seconds and a bit that's a bit more reddish, and and it just looks real pretty. It does. And... I want to buy it. And then it. also the name. <laughs> I, I want to buy it. If, yeah. You remember back when uh, the Avengers first came out and I said, you know what, they could put Loki Burger out and people would buy it? Mm-hmm. That, like, just the name of this is enough. I want to buy it. Yeah. And I mean, it helps that it looks amazing. It looks really cool. One thing I want, do you still have that page up? Yeah. Or did you close it? No, nope, I didn't close it. Just too sorry. I want to show you just one other thing that, you know, makes my little heart go pitter-patter. Yes. Ooh, I see a colorway name. <laughs> I am Groot. It is called I am Groot. And it is it is mostly a warm gray, but it also goes into some taupe to bur- rich earthy brown and then into new leaf green. And it is just looking at it just makes you go, oh, it's little baby Groot. It's so cute. Baby Groot yarn. God, I, lo- I love the names of these. I love mm-hmm. them so much. V is for Vagenda. You just got smacked in the face with pink. (laughs) That is what that is. Bright pink and red. That is what that is. That is like... Smacked in the face. Perfect color for a pussy hat. Yeah, it is. Okay. And more yarn that I have been lusting over, but I have not managed to acquire. Mustache Yarns has a number of... They do a lot of self-striping. And they have a number of different sort of themed items. Like they're starting a summer collection called Beatlemania. That's cool. It's the 2017 summer concert tour. It's expire- inspired by the Beatles and like, especially like the art from their albums and stuff. They have one uh, for what they call Sock School 2017. And the, the striping on it is inspired by the colors on an edition of The Mouse and the Motorcycle Yay. by Beverly Cleary. But the thing that I saw and which I super wanted... And which I keep missing, much to my sadness, is the Beauty and Her Beast colorway of self-striping yarn. She's ha- She has a few different versions of this. 
There is the Beauty and Her Beast colorway of self-striping matching pairs. It's a 12-stripe colorway inspired by the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And so there are two... You can get it as two matching skeins, which have all the colors for Beauty and the Beast in each skein. She's had skeins, which is just Beauty, and skein, which is just the Beast. So you could have, like... A matching pair you could buy. I think they come in like 50 gram skeins. So you could buy one for one sock and one for the other sock. And mm-hmm. have, they don't, obviously the socks don't match, but like thematically they go together and the colors combine really nicely. And who cares if the socks don't match? Because, you yeah. know, I teach my son that that's an art, that's what we call an artist day. And they also had a, they also <laughs> have the Tale is Old as Time cowl kit, which is two 500 yard skeins, one in the beauty colorway. One in the beast colorway. And it's basically, they have a pattern that goes with it, but I mean, it looks like, it basically looks like a big cowl done in the round. And so you go through the beauty colorway and the beast colorway on the other side. It makes a nice big cowl. I really want a self-striping sock yarn, but I keep missing her updates. Oh dear. Like, I think this last one where I was, this last one, I was super tempted to get the cowl, but, and the cowl is very pretty. I'm just wondering how much of it, I was tempted to get the cowl because I had already missed out on the socks yarn, sock yarn because I didn't see the post about it until two hours after she posted. And all Beauty and the Beast colorway yarn was gone. After two hours? Yeah. Wow. It was probably gone within like ten minutes. That The self-striping sock yarn, Beauty and Her Beast colorway. Wow. I want it. I know you do. I want it bad. I know you do. I know you do. But I managed to stop myself from getting the cowl because, again, part of me, the same part of my brain was saying, how much of you wanting this is because you missed out on the other thing. It's like, and like, admittedly, it would be movie knitting for like a year if I got this cowl. Yeah. (laughs) So it wouldn't be impossible, but you know, it would be forever. Oh yeah. They've also had the Epic Epic Galactic Battle cowl, (laughs) which uses a pack of, basically uses a, could use a pack of her um, mini skeins in a whole whack of Star Wars inspired colorways self-striping yarn colorways. But right now she just has the epic galactic battle cowl recipe right now. She doesn't have the actual colorways up on her shop. You'd have probably follow her on Instagram. And she also has a podcast. You can find it under uh, YouTube user Stacy Wood, S-T-A-C-I-E-W-O-O-D. Um, or if you want to keep an eye for shop updates, there's Instagram. She's Instagram user Sheep. Or on Facebook, she's must stash shop so that you can keep an eye out for, um, so you can keep an eye out for shop updates. Though if any of you steal that Beauty and the Beast yarn from out from under you, (laughs) I will hunt you down. The thing is too, like, I don't know how often she repeats, like she's been, she's done these, she's released this colorway a couple times, but like she had Lord of the Rings inspired colorways, but I don't know like how long she's going to keep doing Doing it. So the thing is too, like, but what if she stops dying? Like calm that down, way? calm down. Needless to say, next time, I'm hopefully going to be jumping on that stuff, like, fast. I need to figure out some way to set up some sort of notification. <laughs> can I get a notification every time she posts on Facebook, like, immediately, so that I can stalk her website? Okay, and just to, for the last thing, because it definitely thematically fits what we've been talking about. And it's a lovely free Ravelry download. Yep. Carissa Browning has come out with the Wonder Woman wrap pattern. So get your gold yellow yellowy color 
and get your red hot orangey red color and you are good to go yeah it's basically it's the wonder woman symbol but it's done using short rows and de- increases and decreases like you create the points of the w using increase an increase and a decrease so it basically creates a chevron yep and then use short rows to create some of the striping at the sides yep it's pretty ingenious yeah it, it is it's really cool and very striking and it uses about 800, 700 to 874 yards of fingering weight yarn. And it looks pretty amazing. Yeah, I hope to see that somewhere in the wild. Yes. Oh, I imagine there'll be a couple of them at Rhinebeck. Someone posed their chosen yarns for it with their Wonder Woman Funko Pop. Nice. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. And it looks like it'd be a really interesting knit, too, for like all the different shaping that you use to create it. And the kind of thing people will see and be like, whoa, how did you do that? I am seeing Malabrigo and uh, Sweet Georgia. Cascade Heritage. Nice. Yeah. Madeline Tosh. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of good options. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you go, everybody. So that's it for today. Yep. For today. Okay. All right. So everybody have a good celebratory sort of Season. time wherever you are. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, stay cool. Stay cool. Stay hydrated. Get if some you're in the luck. Southern Hemisphere, stay, stay warm. warm. And cheers, and we'll see you next time, okay? Yep. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes on iTunes or at our blog, where you can also see our show notes and comment. That's at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Twitter and Periscope at knit1geek2. You can contact us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com and search for a group on Ravelry using knit1geek2. There you'll find other knitters who enjoy geeky stuff that you can squeal along with and also where you can find updates on new episodes. And remember, in space, no one can hear you squee.